welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean, and this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. I have got two gentlemen with me on the podcast today. Guys, would you introduce yourself? Yes, this is Rob Spextra, Pastor of Discipleship. And Kevin Kenora, Pastoral Assistant. All right, Alex Tate is not with us today. He is on a solitude day, so he's spending some time with Jesus and praying and envisioning his future. Hmm. Um, future of the the youth ministry and uh, who knows what else. So hopefully that's a, he's having a great time. Uh, we gathered together where we uh, are going to tackle the topic of the separation of church and state. All right. So we kind of get this question fairly often and we can hear a pushback from people that have just kind of heard this their whole life. Yeah. And... And they say, well, you know, there should be a separation between church and state. Mm-hmm. And what they say and what they mean mm-hmm. might be two separate things. Sure. So, Rob, how have you heard this expressed? You know, how have you heard this expressed and what was the concern behind it? Yeah, uh, the way I've heard it expressed is almost in the sense of a negative way in that I've had individuals push back and say, well, you know, we certainly don't want to have uh, a Muslim country. We don't want to have a Muslim president who pushes Muslim ideas or beliefs, and thus we need to separate the church and the state in order so that we don't get that. At the same time, I've then, in the same conversation, have said, so we can't expect then that we would want to that we would have Christians uh, or Christianity be the uh, the church or the you know the the, the church state, if you will, mm. because that would be unfair to Muslims or and and you know you could go on and on of of everybody's beliefs. So we need to separate out our religion from our politics, basically, or our government, our civic government. Mm. So they're 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 it's coming in in a justice kind of way or a fairness. This is fair. We don't, we don't want this. Uh, we don't want Muslims to be, you know, Islamic uh, ideals and principles pushed upon us. So we shouldn't pr- push Christian ideals or principles on other people. I think that's kind of the overall argument that I have heard. And it's again, it's, it's under the issue of fairness. Mm. What do you think, Kevin? put you on the spot here yeah before I talk. no no i appreciate it it's uh <clears throat> a lot of the similar things to what to what rob's saying um i've heard it in the context of um gosh i'm trying to think think back to high school right so we kids would talk about it a lot at high school it's kind of um they make it out as though it's a continuation of separation of powers right you know our, our country is built on the idea of separating out powers, checks and balances, that's what it's called. And so I've, I've heard the argument that, you know, the state and church by being separate, one can't take over the other one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I've heard it um, a lot of different ways. And it's important for us to, and we're just kind of talking today. We don't have anything in front of us. We don't, if I was writing this out, I would probably be a lot more articulate. And, but 
there's a difference between a separation of church and state and a separation of religion mm-hmm. and state. Um, when it comes to religion, we would say it's not whether, it's which. Yeah. So yeah. there is no irreligious place on the face of the earth that you could create a yeah. irreligious state. There's going to be ultimate values. There's going to be ultimate morals. There's going to be ultimate ethical decisions. And you have to choose one. Mm -hmm. So we might say, well, well, I choose the secular state. Well, which secular state? Chinese secular state? (laughs) Atheistic Russia secular state? When you you say secular and you're an American, what you're really saying is, I choose a post-Christian secular state, which Mm -hmm. has got its sense of morality, by and large, from Christianity. It's sense of dignity of human persons, justice. Much of that came from Christianity. So you you want an almost Christian state. You know, I don't want the the, the Muslims to to bring Sharia law over here. You're right. right. You like Christian ideals. You you like the Ten Commandments. Um, So we have to say, first off, we we commit a category (laughs) error if we think that there Mm -hmm. can be a separation between God and state. Mm Mm-hmm. There, there can't be. Mm-hmm. Whatever is ultimate in the state is its God, yeah. mm-hmm. by definition. Yeah. Democracy alone puts the will of the people as God. Mm-hmm. So the people, the, the collective mass, 51% of the, hum, of the human beings in, that, vote, that can vote, mm-hmm. 51% become its ultimate God. They determine what's right and wrong. Uh, and so 51% think that um, you know, women shouldn't have the right to vote. Well, then, there it is. Mm-hmm. 51% think that slavery is okay. Well, th- there it is. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so w- w- Christians would say, no, we disagree with that. We right. think God gives us w- tells us what's true, good, mm-hmm. and beautiful, and the state should be aligned under God's uh, authority. So we all say Jesus is king. We say God is sovereign. Therefore, every nation of the world should acknowledge that fact mm-hmm. and build a government or a system of government, um, a political system, mm-hmm. a system of governance that reflects who he is, that takes into account his, his divine revelation and orders itself in line with him and his, and his kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when the framers uh, of the Constitution were, were writing this, and there, this wasn't a separation of a religion. Mm-hmm. Every single state or colony had already declared themselves to be Christian. Right. They were just different denominations. Mm-hmm. They were different sects of Christianity. They, the majority of the states had already an official state church. They said, no. we are Anglican. Yes, no. we are you know, whatever, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah that, that's what was, you know, reading that book, uh, God and Government by DeMars, that was an interesting thing I had never un- knew that you look at the state's constitution when they first came into the union, they had declared an actual denominational, what we'd call a denomination, you're calling a sect, uh, they were declaring what, <laughs> what yeah. denomination was the one that they were going to be kind of following by, with, with, with the, the thinking uh, overall is that it was all Christian. You know, there was this understanding of uh, uh, the yeah, Christianity there, was... There was never a doubt. Yeah. Like, this is a Christian nation, and and we are... Let's just, I'm going to put it in our vernacular. Massachusetts is Anglican, or, yeah. Yeah. you know, New York is Baptist, or, yeah. you know, yeah. South Carolina is whatever. Yeah. And this was in their 
most of their state constitutions. Yeah, so when the national con constitution, when we were right putting this together, when it said um, that Congress shall make no law mm. favoring one uh, religion over the other, mm. we hear religion and we think, oh, Muslim. And all the, mm -hmm. No, 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 no. It was, in their mind, it was denominations. Yes. We're not going to have a, so like uh, England, we're not going to have the Anglican church as um, one with the state, yep. right? Right. We are going to keep. There is going to be some separation there. We're a Christian nation, but there's going to be s some separation yep. there between the powers, mm -hmm. right? And Jefferson, in a private letter, he's the one who wrote, "There is a wall of separation between mm -hmm. the church and the state." But that wall of separation was to keep the state from preferencing one denomination over another. Mm -hmm. It was not meant to keep the, 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 the nation from preferencing Christianity over other religions. Right, right. Um, nearly all the prayers, George Washington, as he's praying, he, he's praying to the Christian God. He's praying to the sovereign God of nations. Um, Abraham Lincoln, I mean, had a national day of prayer and fasting. Uh, the, the, he called for public repentance for the sin of slavery. Like, th this was common knowledge, you know, the first... I don't even, I'm mean, just going to say less 100 years. Yeah. We even have Supreme Court justices from the 1800s coming out in public. Uh, you know, they had a case come up to them and they came out and said, it is so clear that we, ha we are a Christian nation and we had a Christian nation. We have a cr Christian founding. Like this is in the Supreme Court records yeah. of Supreme right. Court justices mm. saying we are a Christian nation. Yeah. Right. So the idea that most of us have in our head um, is not what the founders right. had in their head. Now, so we there should not be, we should be okay with imposing our morals on Muslims. Mm -hmm. we, we should be okay with that because God has revealed them to us and this is human flourishing. Mm -hmm. we, we pulled out of Afghanistan and now look what happened. It's now illegal for women to be educated mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Right? It's crazy. Why? Because... They have a wicked. They have a wicked God mm -hmm. who has wicked rules, yeah. mm -hmm. and they build wicked societies. Yeah. So, we have a good God who has gracious rules, who builds societies that cause human beings to flourish. Yeah. We should not be ashamed of that. Um, every system of government, every system of law, enforces their understanding of morality. Mm. So. When a person says, well, I wouldn't want a Muslim to do it, yeah, I wouldn't either because they serve a devil. Right. They don't serve the benevolent God. God of the universe. Right. Right? And there is no kinder, more benevolent, more just system than God's system. Mm -hmm. So we should, not, we should want our legal authorities putting the Ten Commandments up and enforcing the Ten Commandments. Now, I know a couple of them are, the commandments are inward sins and you don't, uh, you don't, the, the, a judge can't enforce um, coveting, right? Mm. But a pre but we can all condemn it and say it's bad, and preachers can preach against it, and that's yep. the answer for that is yep. repentance. Yeah, um, you know you're not getting thrown in jail for that. But well, let's let's uh, kind of play this out a little bit. Uh, if I was, if we had, in a sense, this kind of a government or governmental system that acknowledged that we are a Christian nation, acknowledges that uh, the Ten Commandments, acknowledges the Old Testament and New Testament as authoritative for practice, you know, for just life and how we make our laws. Uh, what would, is it fair, let's go down this route, is it fair if I 
want to reject this God. I want to reject Christianity. Uh, is it fair that you, as a you know Christian judge or whatever, would be forcing upon me a Christian law if I don't agree with it or yes. I don't, you know? Hundred percent, absolutely, hundred um, percent. Is it just that the government inflicts upon me a limit to how fast I can drive, even though? I feel like I'm a great driver and I should, I'm, I'm Mario Andretti and I should be able to drive hundred miles an hour on the interstate. Sure. Okay. You're mm-hmm. inflicting a law, a standard of justice upon me that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Right. And if, if there was no law, I would drive hundred miles an hour. Right. Yep. Right. right? <laughs> it just makes sense to me. <laughs> right. There, we do this all the time. Yeah. We do this all the time. I suppose so. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> and this would come under the two great laws, but this would come under love your neighbor as yourself. And at times we love our neighbors by limiting ourselves from particular activities yeah. for the sake of their good. And third, in this case, the laws of the, of the speed limit is doing that very, that very thing. Yeah. So I bring this question up because it was, it was, you know, it was pushed back on me of, is it right that we would have a, a law against abortion when those who want to abort potentially may, that's, they would rather, they would like to have the right to do with whatever they want with, uh, I guess I'm, I'll go down their argument with their body, although I know it's not their full body, but anyway, their body. Is it right for us to force that upon someone? Um, that's, that was really where this question came from. It felt like, yeah, I, and this came from a Christian. This came from someone who said, I don't like, you know, I, I think abortion's wrong. I think abortion is sinful. I think that it is, it is uh, that we, I, I hope we never have another abortion. This is what this individual said mm-hmm. to me. I never, ever have another abortion. But I do not like the fact that the uh, Roe versus Wade was, is that right? Yep. Yeah, was overturned because I feel like we now are forcing the potential of a woman to have to, to, have to go to other means rather than getting an abortion or go to an illegal ab- an abortion. That was kind of yeah. where that, that came out of. And yeah. that's where this whole separation of state question started coming mm-hmm. out sure. of as well. Um, this type of moral confusion is a form of insanity Mm -hmm. when every just and humane society in the world knows that the most precious um, part of its civilization is the most um, vulnerable Mm -hmm. is its children sure and the life of a society the longevity the future of a society is related to how it they treat, how they view and treat children. And Christianity, see, when we when when Christianity, if you go through the Old Testament, almost all the pagan nations killed their children. Yeah. They sacrificed them to the gods, they yeah. threw them in volcanoes, they did all kind of crazy stuff. You go, you find this happening in Rome. If it was, you know, with the Spartans, and if it didn't, uh, if the if the baby wasn't strong enough, they just threw it off the cliff. They would expose children and just leave them outside. And then enters Christianity that believes that every human being is made imago Dei in the image of God Mm -hmm. and that every human being and every life is precious, no matter if they're born uh, with some kind of ailment, some kind of mental instability, some kind of retardation, some kind of paralyzed, no matter Mm -hmm. what it is, every human being 
is born with dignity, value, and worth. That yeah. is unique, uniquely Christian and Judeo-Christian, I would say. Yeah. And at that time, that was a radical view. Yeah. Because if you had a child that you hmm. didn't want or that you, you know, you just expose, literally it's called exposing the child. You just leave it outside to die, yep. right? They had this kind of mechanistic view of the universe that, oh, well, it's just a, it's just a, I didn't want it, so I just got rid of it. Yeah. Christianity comes on the scene and, and, and believes that every human being has dignity, value, and worth and is, and is inherent with the spirit of God, right? Like God made this person. So, so, um, that they, so, so a child would be left outside, a Christian, Christian would go and adopt that child. They'd yep, go right. rescue that child. And eventually, they changed the face of, of Western civilization. Mm-hmm. Every nation that has been Christian now sees, has seen human beings as unique among creation. We're not just an animal, yeah. right? We have a soul. There's something precious about, about life, which then led to the abolition of the slave trade, mm-hmm. which then led to um, a lot of you know, reforms and, and even women being treated better than, than they had been b- before yeah. and the, in, the uh, poor being treated better. Yeah, work, and, work uh, laws with regards to children. Yeah, children labor, age, like yeah. that being yeah. illegal, yeah. you know, childhood labor, yeah. all of these things, they, they came out of Christianity. Yeah. And so it is not consistent to believe a adult, an, an adult woman who has made a choice to have sex, which is the procreate, procreative act mm-hmm. of creating a child. So that she has already consented mm-hmm. 99% of the time, according to statistics right. or more. Right. She has consented to a, the procreative act of, mm-hmm. of sexual intercourse. And a child has now been conceived mm-hmm. to put her choice above a child's life. Mm-hmm. There is no scientific evidence that life begins any time after conception. Mm-hmm. Conception is the only, is the only, is the, it, it's the only thing that makes sense to when life begins. Now, I know there's some complicated arguments put forth by a lot of atheists today that see personhood and life as separate. Right. You can be human and not a person. Mm-hmm. And those are demonic ideas put forth by uh, Peter Singer and others that are going mainstream. There's even one article in the New York Times last week that said we should be able to kill children up until six months old because they're right. not aware of themselves. Right. They don't have self-consciousness yet, so therefore they're not personhood. Mm-hmm. We reject that as demonic. This yeah. is the same time when the Crusaders pulled up to the Aztecs and the Aztecs were, were throwing babies into the volcano and throwing babies off of the, uh, the, the, the whatever you call that ziggurat or yep. whatever you call yeah. that big temple thing. And then they were cutting men's hearts out and offering them to the gods. And there were literally um, piles of dead bodies and piles of skulls, mm-hmm. thousands upon thousands. And the conquistadors came through and they said, this is demonic. You have to stop this or else. Yeah. Right. This modern person that calls themselves a Christian, mm-hmm. if you pulled up to these Aztecs, do you have the moral clarity to say you're sinning against God, mm-hmm. you're killing human beings, mm-hmm. and God will judge you for it, right? Stop it now. Mm-hmm. Or are you, so, are you afraid that you would be infringing upon their somehow, what, their rights? Right. What rights? Where did those rights come from? Mm-hmm. There are no such thing as human rights unless there's a God. Yeah. A God, God gives human rights. There is no God-given right of inconsequential 
decision making. So if I've made the decision to sleep with someone, I don't have the right to determine if there's going to be a baby or not. I don't have a right. That's God, God determined that, yeah. right? God determined if that's going to happen or not. And if life has happened, I don't have a right to end that life yeah. that is separate from my life. That is a different human being with different DNA, right? right? So I don't, have a, I don't have a right to kill my neighbor. I don't want my neighbor to have the right to kill his children. Right? Or me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you. That is not good. <laughs> yeah. So we need clarity in our thinking here. Yeah. Abortion is murder. Abortion is genocide. Anyone who makes, anyone who makes an argument for abortion would, would theoretically have no argument against slavery. By what standard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. By what standard are you arguing that abortion is a good? So any Christian that would bemoan or c- complain about the overturning of Roe v. Wade has been more influenced by modernism mm-hmm. and by fe- more than likely feminism mm-hmm. and by the spirit of our age than they are the Bible. Mm. And they are, do not have a Christian worldview. So mm-hmm. they, they maybe have accept Christ as Savior, but they do not have a Christian worldview. Yeah, right. Now... I do want to make a separation here. When we're saying that Christ is over all, he's over all, but there are still three distinct spheres Mm. that he's sovereign over. So this comes out of Mm. the um, Reformed tradition that Mm. comes, like kind of call it Kuyperian tradition or the um, Dutch Reformed tradition. And it talks about the three leading spheres in society are family, is the church, and is the civil sphere, right? Yeah, right. And what people sometimes confuse, get confused on, is each of one of these spheres have different um, authority structures. They're all sovereign under, they're all, or they're all uh, under the sovereignty of God. Oh God. They're sure. under King Jesus. Yeah. But as a father and a mother in your home, you are directly responsible to God yeah. as a father and mother, right? right? Um, you don't have to go through your pastor necessarily, right? right? Mm-hmm. You can go, your authority is straight, straight with God. Um, and the church, that the pastor, go, the pastor and the elders go directly to God in that situation, and they're under the authority of God, but then church members are the under, under the authority of elders, elders. right? Yeah. Well, with the civil realm, the, whoever the civil authorities are, right, the civil magistrate, as the Bible calls them, they are to be directly under the, the authority of God. Now, which, which they, now, all of these people, the father and the mother and the civil magistrates and the elders, we're all, we all should be going to church. Yeah. And we're all under the authority of the word of God. Right, mm. and we're all under under th- God's authority that way. Sure. And he's the preachers telling the, the dads how to go to lead their homes at home, and the preachers telling the civil magistrates how to go and legislate morality and how to go, what's right, good, good and true and be- beautiful. And they're all reading the scriptures on their own, but the civil magistrate does not go to the pastor in order to, to write a just law. Right. Right. Or the pastor. So the the the, the church is not over. The civil magistrate in that sense. Right. Yeah. Okay. There's not an intermediary intermediary there. So 
sometimes when we're speaking of there needs to be a separation between church and state, well, well, yeah, just like there needs to be a separation between church and family, and there needs to be a separation between family and state. Mm. Yep. There needs to be a family, but there are some overlaps there, right? We're all under, it's all meant to be under the authority of God, right? So if you're saying there needs to be a separation of church and state, and you mean that our nation should not be ecclesiocracy, ecclesiocracy is like is like the pope pope yeah i was going to say yeah. <laughs> the, the, rome the, like rome <laughs> yeah. rome is an ecclesiocracy yeah. right it's yeah. a nation state but yeah. pope the pope is head of church and the pope is head of state yeah. right. right right so you know that's not what yeah. that's not what we're talking about you know when you hear people you know or at least that's not what we're talking about <laughs> there are some that could um, could do that but what we're coming to be a part of in our nation is an ecclesiocracy. It's just the church of the secular state. Mm. Mm. Because we have the popes and the legislator basically working together. Mm. Right? We have the Anthony Fauci's and we have the, the, the lobbyists and we have the, the mm. most of the elites of society. We have these technocrats. We have these people who are telling us, they're, they're creating morals out of thin air. They're telling us what's virtue. They're telling what's good. They're telling us what's bad. And then they're shoving it down our throats. And then they're in league with the politicians who are then writing the laws. Yeah. Right? So what we actually have right now is more akin to a, an ecclesiocracy. Hmm. It's just we've got different popes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, wow, that's fascinating. So it ultimately comes down to, as your definition of you know, religion, it ultimately becomes a humanistic, uh, this humanistic religion that is, so, so you're giving us some examples, lobbyists and technocrats and, and such, you're giving them us as examples. They are those who, because there, there is no absolute truth in the mind of the humanist, I am truth, mm -hmm. meaning truth is relative to what I think it should be at the moment. Uh, I, and so I'm now creating uh, morality, as you're saying, out of thin air. Well, it's out of my own wish and desires that I'm creating this. And then as a result, then I am pressing that down into our legislation and legislatures, and they are creating laws around this, yes. this and, religion. And, and it's a humanistic and every, religion. Pushing it down through every single thing that our <clears throat> political regime is in control of, including yeah. public education. Yeah. This is why they want to separate mm. Parent parental authority sure. from the educational system. Yeah. They want teachers. There's teachers that are being taught, and they're, most of them are activists that are coming out of our schools today. Mm -hmm. They're being taught that you, as an expert in education, are mm -hmm. smarter than their parents. And so it's your job to communicate these values to these children, even if it's against the parental wishes. Yeah. When it comes to gender, when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to evolution, when it comes to yeah. personhood, abortion, all of these different things... They are purposefully trying to separate the authority away from the parent mm. and put it on so-called experts, right. right? And, I mean, this is being exposed around our country right now, but it is rampant. Mm -hmm. It's rampant. And, and so they're, they're getting this pushed down through every entity, and it is our national religion now, mm -hmm. and it is... You know, there's just new popes. It's an ecclesiocracy. And if you if you go against it, you will be canceled. Yeah. Yeah. There are, the World Economic Forum is going on right now. Klaus Schwab and all these, te all these literal billionaires that are meeting over there that, that believe they're the smartest people in the world mm -hmm. and they need 
to create a globalist. They have a globalist agenda. You yeah. can literally go and read it. And one of the things they just talked about is um, we need all of the, the, these big corporations and organizations to boycott Twitter, Facebook, all of these social media asp- uh, companies to get them to do our bidding. Yeah. Hmm. We want them to silence, and I'll just tell you, we want them to silence any under, any understanding of nationalism that would go against globalism. We want them to, to silence anyone that would say anything against the LGBTQ revolution. They are, um, they have literally pulled billions of dollars out of Twitter since Elon Musk has taken over in order to try to bankrupt them to, to silence what Elon Musk is doing, and and what they're trying to do they're doing the same thing with Facebook. These different companies, they have a globalist agenda. This isn't some conspiracy theory. You can literally go listen to them say. They will literally tell you. One of the things, one of our biggest problems is conservative parents who are teaching their their children opposite what we believe mm. to be right, the right mm. way to go. Mm. You know, it's interesting as as you're saying that, as you're talking about how we are an ecclesiocracy. I'm thinking part of the original intention of the separation of church and state to the founding fathers was so there's no state church that the citizens' tax dollars are going specifically to fund. Right. And so as you're saying this and I'm thinking through the different um, I mean, the different welfare programs, the different funding streams and all of that, I'm thinking, yeah, just just to take your example farther, our tax dollars are going to our state state religion. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. they're trying. And if the Democrats have their way, your tax dollars will go to fund abortions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what I'm thinking. And yeah. f- and, and this is what those Christians Christians need to wake up. OK. This idea of I am against abortion, but I, I'm a, but I want a woman to have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. That is an asinine understanding of the human person and morality and law. That is immoral. That is an immoral position. Yeah. Right. I'm against murder, but I hope my 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 neighbor has the right to kill his wife if he wants to. Right. It, it's bizarre, and what's going on in our country right now is even in states that have that ban things like late term abortion. abortion is happening until the day of conception, or Mm. I mean, until the day of birth Mm. and even after. And and just listen to this statistic. Now listen, I think most Republicans in the House and the Senate, I'm just telling you, they're not on my team. I I, I think they're spineless cowards. I think they're not Christians. I think they're they're wimps. I'm not a fan of them, okay? I'm just telling you that. But two weeks ago, there was a vote uh, in the House or the Senate, and... The, the, the bill was if during an abortion a child is born alive, should we resuscitate? Should we work on the child? Should, mm. there, should there be efforts to prolong the life of mm. the child? Mm-hmm. Okay? Every single Republican voted yes, and every single Democrat voted no. There is no other way for me to say this than mm. Mm. the Democrats are demonic. They have a culture of death that they're promoting. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Christian who somehow thinks you found a middle way and you're in them but not of them, you are deceived, you are deceived and you're promoting, you're voting for the mass murder of children. Mm-hmm. That's what you're voting for, right? And whatever reason you think you're doing it, that's what you're voting for, mm-hmm. right? There is a clear line between the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, and that's it. And I'm not... You know, I'm not saying everything the Republicans do are, is great, right? I'm not saying that. 
but this is a clear issue, a life and death issue. Do you support a culture of life or do you support a culture of death? Right. And it's not just there. It doesn't end there. It ends also with, you know, with, with euthanasia. Countries that are more liberal, like Canada, are now allowing people to kill themselves for nearly any reason they want to. Mm-hmm. And why do I care if that, that gets involved? There was a, a situation in Canada where the government removed their the, the health care or something like that, where this, this person now could no longer afford to continue their, the, the, the medicine that they were on because, mm-hmm. you know, they're moving in a socialist direction and that doesn't work. Uh, socialized medicine doesn't work and it, it, they don't have the money to fund it. So eventually they said, hey, your chronic pain, I'm really sorry, but we can't, we can't support this. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. We can't afford it anymore. So this person had to choose between if they were going to pay their own medicine, then they could no longer have a mortgage. They couldn't pay, pay their rent. Mm-hmm. So now this person was in the situation, what am I going to do? Am I going to be homeless and afford this, afford my medicine? Or am I going to... Um, you know, be racked with pain the rest of my life. And you know what the government suggested? Kill yourself. Euthanasia. Jeez. That's Euthanasia. Crazy. It's cheaper on the state for you just to kill yourself. Hmm. And I'm assuming we'll pay for you to kill yourself? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's cheaper on the state. That's wild. To kill yourself. Yeah. This is happening in, a, you know, the Western world. This is happening in educated Canada mm-hmm. right crazy. now. Because it's a culture of death. Mm-hmm. It's a culture of death. So... Is there a separation? Yes. Not a separation from God. Mm-hmm. Something's got to be ultimate in the system. Every system has something that's ultimate. But the pastors are not going, are le- not legislators, right? Right. Pastors are not going, uh, now I'll, I'll preach to the legislators, I'll preach to the governors, I'll preach to the president, right? And I hope that they listen. And we hope that all those legislators are, are active members in churches. But they're learning, they're hearing, and they're going to apply biblical principles in their sphere of life. Yeah. Yeah. Just like parents apply the biblical principles in the home, pastors apply them in the church, and and governing authorities apply them in, um, in, in the civil realm. Pastors do, are not applying them in the civil realm. Okay? Right. So that's, uh, that's how we get it. That's where we get it. Now, most of this is solved if you understand this one question that I just, that I posed earlier. And anytime you're talking about this, should we, should we impose our morality on people? It's not whether we should. It's whose morality. Mm-hmm. Who's morality? So it's not whether, but which mm. morality. Yeah. Right. There will be a standard. Right. There's always going to be a standard. So it's, it's, a, it's a broken question. Yeah. It, it really is mm-hmm. a, a broken question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, there seems to be this kind of really is the outworking of what we've been saying for quite a while now, and that is that culture does come downstream from your religion. And so when we define religion as that which is our ultimate good, you can now understand that, well, if our ultimate good, if we believe that humanism is our ultimate good, downstream culture then begins to show this kind of radical uh, death culture that we've been describing that comes out of humanism versus if Christ... And Christianity is that which is our religion 
coming downstream, there's a protection of life. There is that which is promoting, which is true, that which is promoting good, that which is promoting beauty, beautiful, you know, with that which is beautiful. So uh, you can really see it working its way out by the basis of what is our ultimate, you know, what do we ultimately believe in? What is our, you know, ultimate one that we're, we're bowing to? So Yeah. yeah I read through um, Ezekiel a couple months ago, and I'm thinking about there's a, a, a chapter where God tells Ezekiel, you know, you're a watchman over Israel, right? If I tell you to, to warn the people and you don't warn the people, or and you do warn the people and they still don't listen, hey, their blood's on their own head, right? Mm-hmm. But if, if I tell you to, to speak and you don't speak, yeah, their blood's on their head, but it's also on your hands, right? Mm. So would you say, is there a principle of that for the church? Are we... Absolutely. Pastors that don't teach the people the mm-hmm. word of God that shows them that they are going to be accountable for the way they disciple their children mm-hmm. and they're going to be accountable for the way they vote sure. and they're going to be accountable for the way they administer justice in the courts and they're going to be if they're you know a judge or a lawyer or whatever and they're going to be accountable the way they do you know they're, they're a civil magistrate yeah. that their job is not to make room for secularism mm-hmm. their job is not to promote some kind of atheistic worldview or yeah. pluralistic worldview that lies and acts like God and demon gods or no gods can can produce the same functioning society. Mm-hmm. Their job is to structure and order society the way the scriptures teach us. Sure. Yep. We should condemn what the Bible condemns. We should promote what the Bible promotes. Yep. Right? There should be freedom where the Bible says there's there's freedom. Um, yeah. So how about... Um, I'm thinking even the normal, I'd say normal people, the, the non-pastors, the non-clergy. So like the situation you were talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. With, with that individual, would you say, I, w- I would say, but would you say that they also have a burden if they're, you know, if they're talking to somebody and they're like, yeah, I really want to get an abortion, not to say, hey, yeah, you know what? You have that secular humanistic right. Go ahead, do what you want. Would you say that they also have guilt if they do that, that there's a, a, a culpability, culpability. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like that there would be, I, I, it's, it is, we are required by the word of God. You know, we come under the authority of the word of God. So when I say we, I'm not talking just pastors. I'm talking about the people of God. The people of God are required to come under the authority of the word of God, which means that we do need to know the word of God. And this is result when we start, counseling in a way that is contrary to the principles of God, that is, that is a, that's a sin on our part. There is guilt that is, that is, that we have, you know, in a sense produced, if you will. Mm. Now, by, by the grace of God, Christ has died for that as well. But our, this is one of the reasons why it's important that we as believers, all of our members, all of our people of our, our church are in God's word because ultimately they will be held accountable for what they do with that word and the counsel that they're giving to those that are, that are coming to them. And so we can't, we can't feign ignorance. We can't say, well, it's just complicated for me to figure it out. I'm just not going to worry about it. Now, obviously you can go back to us as pastors who, who, you know, part of our, part of what God has called us to do is to be able to say, 
how does the word of God apply to these things? And so, you know, to these questions that people are coming up with, and yep. as you're describing yep. abortion or euthanasia or what all these things, we should, as pastors, be able to speak into that from the word of God in such a way that we're giving them good counsel and direction so they can go back and, yep. and counsel well those in whom God has put into their sphere. So, yeah, I would say that they are guilty yep. and uh, we are required to, you know, come under God's authority and to teach it yeah, yeah. James. as members. James talks about to know the right thing to do and not to do it. That's sin, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so you, you can't say, like in, in that example, you can't say, no, I, I think it's totally wrong and it's a sin against God, but, you know, Christians should peace. not make room for demons. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Can I be clear? Like, <laughs> okay. Hey, hold on. I, I really, we need to listen to those demons. <clears throat> yeah. They need a voice at the table. Yeah. Right. We want the demons to have a voice at the table. We want the demon, we want a, a section of our society ran by demons. Hmm. This is what Paul says, hmm. right? Paul says your idols, they're either worthless or nothing or they're demons, yep. right? There's spirits, there's, you know, principalities and powers mm-hmm. and adversaries hmm. in the heavenly realm. They are demonic. This is why, Christian, when you hear that the Democrats all voted to kill a baby and not provide life-giving support after it's been born, we are appalled by it because that's what paganism is. Hmm. Yeah. Paganism is demonic, it's degrading, and it's it's horrible. And it's been tried over. This is from Nazism to Maoism to all kind of different socialistic regimes that that the world has seen to the Aztecs to Baal worship. It's always the same playbook. I don't care if they're wearing a suit and she's wearing a cute pant dress. She is inspired by demons. Yeah. Right? And so I don't want to make room... I don't want to make excuses. I don't want to, oh, well, I just really want a, a, a society where they can worship demons over there. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. I want demonic worship to be outlawed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's it's just a, it's not a consistent worldview. Yeah. They are they are very confused and they're not informed by, by the Bible. Mm-hmm. And they've been informed by modern politics and modern philosophy. Definitely. And um, yeah, so, okay. I, I went off a little bit there, so, <laughs> so. Tell me how you really feel, Justin. No, that's, that's a good word. <clears throat> um, so separation of church and state, yeah, kind of, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of. According to God's standard. Yeah, according to God's standard. Um, do, I want, do you want your president issuing a national call to prayer, repentance, and fasting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That was called Thanksgiving. Right. When George Washington instituted it, that's what it was. It was basically George Washington preaching a sermon and then saying, we owe our country to God and we need to be thankful for him. And so we're, we're declaring a day where we're all going to thank God for making our country. Go up, look up his Thanksgiving Day address if you've never read it. Um, I, I posted it for our church and then I read it uh, for my family. I read a section of it on Thanksgiving, mm, giving, it's good. Thanks, giving thanks to God. Yeah. You know, it's just... People, Christians just are so influenced by the world today yeah. that you can hardly tell them apart. You know? Yeah. Do you think Christmas should be a national holiday? <laughs> right? Yeah. Even the atheists celebrate this one. Yeah. <laughs> they don't seem to have a problem with it. They want the day off. Yeah, they want the day off and they want the presents, right? <laughs> so, yes, separation of church and state, yes, but it needs to be understood yeah. correctly. Did I, did I hit on it? Is there anything else you guys think yeah. that we need? <laughs> No, I think we got it. Yeah, I, think that's, I think that's good. Yeah, we are addressing it from word. different angles, so appreciate that. Yep. 
It's good. All right. Well, thank you guys. Hopefully we move the ball forward here and uh, answer some things for you. Or maybe we created more questions. If we did, email me at justindean at sacredcitychurch.com, and we would love to answer your question on the podcast. Please do us a favor, like us, subscribe, share this wherever you can share it. We'd love to expand our reach, get this uh, this kind of content out to more people to be a, a greater blessing. So we love you. We're praying for you. God bless.